welcome to another episode of the Koshcast on underthekoshblog.com and at under underscore the Kosh on Twitter. My name is Alex. Bernie is here. Hello, hello. Roche is here. Hello. And Mohanad is here. Hi. <laughs> Just a quick hi. Full house. Roche, you've had a haircut? I have. Uh, it wasn't up to par, but, uh, you know, um, at least I had a haircut. <laughs> What's wrong with it? This is, too long, I, I'm yeah. sorry, I'm just asking because like you're the first person who have have gone back, you know, like post quarantine, back into the hairdressers, and it, it's not gone that well, has it? Yeah, I just feel like the guy cutting my hair was a bit rusty, but uh, I mean, really, I just wanted to get it trimmed. You know, I got a number one on the sides and the back, so you know, I can't go wrong with that. The top, he's he's a bit uneven with his length, but it's shorter than it was. So I it looks it more. looks like he got a number one on the right and number two on the left. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, man. next time I'll just you know buzz my head. Keep it simple. Fair enough. This is just Thiago, something Thiago I take Alcantara into... style. Yeah, true. What's that? Thiago Alcantara style. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, chocolate football. We're gonna talk about that soon. It's just not something I had taken into account. Like, I had taken into account safety and, like, whether I felt it was time to go back, but not whether the hairdressers were out of practice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they need a preseason training themselves. <laughs> yeah, man. Absolutely. Oh, boy. Mohanad, how are you, man? Good, good. Um, I was just actually looking at some uh, football schedules and the dates and when it's coming back, and because it's summer here in Toronto, still kind of. Um, I found out that a lot of my Saturdays and stuff are booked with like day stuff, which is going to be super annoying when the community shield is back or when the league is back. So I'm trying to move some things around. Like what? What have you, what are you doing? Just hikes and stuff. Ah. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to move some things around so I can catch <laughs> some games. Like the pe- people organizing this know that you've paid for Dazen, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, they know. Okay. All right. Bernie, what's your man? All good? Yeah, all good. Just put together my fantasy team today that I will never change again. So, ah, uh, is Jacka in there as usual or what? Uh, excuse me, it's Matic, you mean. Not <laughs> I think you had both. <laughs> no, but I've got, I've, got, I've got a Chelsea player because I want points. <laughs> yeah, Richet restarted our, uh, Richet just restarted our uh, fantasy league. Oh, yeah. I, how do, how do I mean, we get people into have that? you been doing it for now? Like five years, maybe? You've been admin of that league? Yeah, about it's it's been a number of years, and the league has grown in size spectacularly. Where I think we're just over a hundred people, or under a hundred people, around hundred people. Basically. You were doing really well last season. I think you were like top five until very close to the end, like just before the break. Bottled yeah, it. I, I was number one, um, you know, around match day thirteen or so, and huh. then I had a, uh, you know, you have your normal mid-season lull. I was like out of the top ten for a bit, and then I managed to finish, I think, eighth in the end. Um, so, so a good did the, uh, the did the United resurgence help a little bit towards the end of the season? It certainly did. Um, yeah, it was very helpful. I think captaining Bruno Fernandez for the last couple of games really yeah. really helped me finish in the top ten there. But um, there, there were some other players. I think the Wolves players really overperformed. So people who had a lot of Wolves players, I think there were a couple of defenders from Wolves who really had a lot of points, which was surprising. And of course, Raúl Jiménez is a striker, very cheap option, got a lot of goals. Um, and of course, Anthony Marshall and Marcus Rashford for United. Marshall mm-hmm. was still listed as a midfielder last season, so 
It's always good. It's always good to find that like striker that they put as a midfielder, like that kind of predominantly plays up top. I think you know you always find that one per season. There's always that one guy that really scores a lot of goals, but they have him listed as a midfielder. It's always good to have that guy. This season, it's Aubameyang. Aubameyang is yeah. as midfielder, and like I get it based on the second half of last season, but it, I would I just wish they were a bit more flexible about it. Like they put him there and they'll leave him there, even if he starts up front for 38 games in the season. It's it's weird. I have a question. What do you guys think if I name my team Anziak Mahashkala? <laughs> <laughs> I'm seriously considering it right now. You should. Well, it's better than Rache suggesting for me Movid 19. Which is a Movid lot better. 20. Oh, Movid 20? Okay. But but what was your team name last year? What, Mo for show or something? No, it was just Mo. Oh, it was, oh, was it just Mo? Oh. <laughs> it was terrible. Well, I think I think I think I probably just put it in by mistake as like I thought it was like what's your first name or something, and maybe it just became a team name. Well, I'm saying they're like it's weird that they haven't asked for a team name. <laughs> but you know that you could have edited that at any point in the season, and you were True. reminded numerous times about it, but you just refused to do it. I even well, actually I have to reveal and uh, you know throw Mo under the bus here because I was sending him text messages to update his fantasy team for at least seven or eight weeks in that season. You were badgering his wife to remind him <laughs> to change his team. Yes, I, I did. I, I texted uh, his wife to remind him to update his FBL. She didn't even know what the letters FBL meant. But, I was going uh, yeah. to... I was going to... group thread, she just said, Moha, FBL, FBL. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was going to say, the fact that you want me to edit my team name, you know, you got to consider that I haven't edited the team itself. <laughs> so, you know, asking for a lot. <laughs> But yeah, it's always the same. The first couple of weeks, it's on a high, FPL high. And then it kind of like you hope that, what, around like maybe game week 15 or so, that whoever you have then can kind of carry you for the rest of the season when you haven't edited ever again. It's true. It's true. All right. Well, you know, we'll monitor that as the season goes on, I'm sure. Um, oh, we haven't talked about Bernie's slabhead Rovers making a late season comeback. Yeah, uh, the, the, te- the team rebranded to Anziak Mahashkala, so... <laughs> <laughs> After, Mag- after Maguire's arrest, he had to, he had to move on from Slavhead. <laughs> I don't, guys. Do you want to guys, talk about that? I, I'm against the cops, but you know, <laughs> there, there are limits. <laughs> can someone, in case anyone doesn't know what the story is, uh, can one of you United boys tell us what the hell your captain has been up to? So I'll give you the, the there are two versions of the story. I'll give you the funnier one. <laughs> the funnier one is he was in Mykonos hanging out with the lads as you do, spending $67,000 on drinks and bo- and whatever else. And then a bunch of uh, hooligans came up and were like, you're a fridge, you're a fridge. <laughs> <laughs> and Harry Maguire got upset and punched them in the face. The cops showed up and he punched them in the face too. According to the root stories, it took five cops to bring the fridge down. And by the way, I've seen all your fridges. It would take five guys to bring those fridges down. Too. My God. All it, all it takes is a, a well-timed through pass. They should, they should not. <laughs> the, the, the other uh, less interesting uh, version of the story is that his sister was being harassed by Albanians or Albanian gangsters and approached by one of them, said no. He stabbed her with some type of metal object. Harry came to her defense. A brawl ensued. The police came in plain clothes and tried to bust it up. So whichever version of the story you want to take, you can take that. Wow, that is a lot less fun. It, it really is. But both well, are action films. If sister was stabbed, then he absolutely should have a go at whoever it is. Yeah, we'll find out the truth at some yeah. point. But for now... Where's, uh, where's Kolasinac when you need him? 
Seriously. I mean, again, not a big fan of the police, but it doesn't speak well of the Greek police if it took five of them to get Harry Maguire. Uh, I tried to bribe them too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, these people started, you know, society. <laughs> and they're now bri- they're... Yeah. Bribing's pretty fair in that case. They yeah. need the money now. Where I come from, bribing is just every day, so it's fine. <laughs> True. They should have taken the money. Yeah, seriously. You spent £67,000 on drinks. Like, Just double it and call it a day. Yeah, you're still anyway. for taking him into jail and not accepting the bribe at that point. Just saying. Seriously. Um, do we... How are we going to pay back that German debt? Wow. Wow. <laughs> that would be a headline. Maguire agrees to pay Greek EU debt <laughs> in lieu of community service. <laughs> Uh, I, I assume he's not going stripped to the captaincy for this. It depends which version of the story is true. <laughs> <laughs> if it's the second version, he's getting a pay rise. Exactly. Unreal. Well, Unreal. obviously, you get all the jokes of, you know, Fernandez has accepted the penalty. <laughs> I think it. Oh, oh I, I, I'll, I'll give you another story and an, another great joke that follows. So today, Victor Lindelof uh, saved a, an old woman from being attacked by a robber Someone said that this is what it takes for Victor Lindelof to pursue the attacker. (laughs) Wow. Oh, Oh, boy. Oh, man. Anyways, where was that? It was, yeah. In Sweden. Oh, okay. He should probably come back. Yeah, probably. Probably. Season starts in three weeks and he needs practice. Anyway, it's not too much. It's not too far away, Sweden, though. Sweden and Manchester. No, that's true. Sweden and Manchester specifically. It's true. Um, all right. Uh, there is transfer chat. Do we want to do that or do we want to do the Champions League final? How are we not talking about the Champions League final yet? Well, yeah, you know. we need to talk about Champions League final, Alex. Get yeah. your priorities in order, man. I prefer transfers. All right. Um, 1-0 Bayern Munich. Kingsley Coman, who I certainly didn't think he was going to start. No, It seemed like quite a shock decision to play him instead of Perisic, who's a big game player. Um, but he popped up with the goal. Um, anyone surprised by this? I, I'm, I was actually surprised that it was only 1-0 and that PSG had as many chances to win this as, as they did. Yeah, um, you know, I, th- I think it was... It was a great final the way it was set up. You know, going into the final, you thought you were going to get a very good game. And it was it was a really good game. And, um, you know, I, I was watching the way that both teams had set themselves up. PSG on the counterattack, um, you know, digging in. And, um, you know, Bayern with the ball, easily playing their way out of a press, which was very impressive. I was very impressed with the way Bayern keep the ball moving and are able to break the press. You know, one-touch football after switching the ball across field. Um and I'm not. I am surprised that it was one nil. I'm. Su- I'm more surprised with the fact that PSG had at least two glorious guilt chances to go one nil up themselves earlier in the game. Um, but yeah, uh, disappointing scoreline one nil. I, I don't think it really reflected the the nature with which Bayern Munich really controlled the possession in this game. I was very impressed with the way they played. Yeah, I I, I think I agree with most of. What you said there, Shan. I think one nil doesn't reflect the game. It was a good one nil. You know, sometimes you go one nil, but it was a good one. Like this game, I wanted it to go into extra time, not because I wanted PSG to win or whatever, but I just wanted more of that game. It was actually a really fun one nil. Um, you were right. I was surprised at how much 
the first, I think, and again, roughly 10, 15 minutes, Bayern really dominated. But then PSG started to get back into the game slowly once they kind of stopped being scared and dropping deep. Um, Mbappe, Mbappe was a great outlet for them. And they just gave him the ball every opportunity to run at Kimmich. And sometimes Kimmich is even out of position because he's so far forward. Um, and, you know, he was really their outlet. And there was a lot of good opportunities for PSG to snatch a win away from that kind of Bayern control that you're talking about and kind of score a goal against the run of play. Um, so I was really impressed with PSG for most of the game. But again, like I think Herrera said in an interview, if you don't score your chances against this, this kind of good team, they will punish you. And at the end of the day, I think Bayern just deserved to win this one. I think that is <clears throat> Ander Herrera talking about, you know, not scoring chances. And he was the one who had a great chance and then decided to pass it when, when he should have shot. And Mbappe had chances and Neymar had chances. So PSG could have done a, a bit of a, what's that word when you steal the game? Something is a... Smash and grab. That's what it is, a smash and grab. They could have done one of those, but, you know, in those in these games, you want the big players to step up. And Mbappe, he, you know, he's done it in the World Cup final. This shouldn't be difficult for him. Didn't have a good game. Neuer had an outstanding game, I, I will say, especially in the first half. And we've written him off and he's back, right? Like Neuer, is, Neuer seems to be back. He had a great game. Neymar did not have a great game. He had a, a bit of a game of two halves type of thing. And, you know, it's, it's no hate. It was just not good enough. And if you're going to be third, whatever, best player in the world, these are the moments that you have to grab. Messi's taking his, Ronaldo's taking his, other legends have taken theirs, Neymar didn't take his. And we don't know when his is going to come again. That, to me, was the story of the final. Uh, there's Bayern Munich are just a unit. There's, there's nothing, there's no individual player that we're going to talk about, except for Lewandowski, who didn't, score but deserves the Ballon d'Or in my opinion but yeah I agree with Mo it was a good game all around there, there are some individuals I, I would like to talk about uh, on both sides actually for Bayern let's start with the ones that seem to be eating a lot of goats uh, as was as someone said on Twitter um, Nicholas Sula who had to come on for Jerome Boateng is the size of a house if Maguire is a fridge Sula is a fucking house He's absolutely enormous and does look like he's descended from a Nazi guard. Um, and can we also talk about um, Goretzka, please? Have you seen the before and after pictures? Oh, my God. Of who? Of what? Of Goretzka. Goretzka. There's a picture of him last season, and he's like as skinny as me. And then there's a picture of him this season, and he's fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger. But I don't even wow. think it's just this season, last season. I think it was like pre-lockdown and post-lockdown or something like that. Man, he's massive. what are they feeding him? Yeah. Like, that's abnormal. Yeah. A lot of goat curry. <laughs> Maybe. But he would just, he just, like, he used it as well. Like, he was running around just knocking people over. He must have fouled Neymar five times. And while yeah. you were talking about Neymar and not grabbing the chance, like, he, I was really disappointed in how kind of petulant he got his attitude towards the game in the second half when Bayern really did start to kick him. And, and that's like, that's what you do with Neymar, right? Like you just kick him over and you, and you wind him up and he gets kind of pouty and he feels like he needs to take on everything on on his own. And that's what he started doing with 20 minutes to go. He was just like having park shots, dribbling too much. There, there are times where Neymar has a ball and he has an easy pass and he just doesn't release it. And it's almost out of principle. It's like, I could just release it, but I'm going to dick around a bit more and get fouled. And can, can I jump in just to lead in that situation? I just want to lead Mohamed in a little bit because, you know, there's those videos of like 
antagonizing Cristiano and then he murders you. And the same thing with Messi where like they cack the hell out of Messi and then Messi just gives you like a little, like a little smirk and then he does some wild shit after. Like, that's what I want to see from Neymar. And I, I, I don't think I've ever seen it except for like against Ren or something. Like that thing where you knock Messi out and he just looks and he's like, okay. Okay. Yeah, like see, that game, it's, like that uh, classical in the in the Burning Bay. Right? Yeah, it's like MJ is personal now type of thing. Like, right? I, I, I don't see it enough. I think I, I agree with you because this was Neymar's I think biggest game in his career. I mean, when he was with Messi and Barcelona and Suarez, there was a trio and it was all about Messi's shadow and blah blah blah. And yes, he had the PSG game where he was very good, obviously there of Montanda, and he was kind of the best player in the game. But still, in terms of the biggest occasion in club club wise for him, this was it. This was him saying, I made the right move to go to PSG. I didn't go there just for the marketing and the money. And here it is, you know, Barcelona are horrendous. And here I am with PSG winning the Champions League. So this was the biggest game of his career so far. And I don't think he showed up. The, the contrast between him and Mbappe is that Mbappe was involved, but didn't take his chances. But Neymar was not even involved. He didn't do enough to put his stamp on the game. And you guys are right, like the whole petulance thing. But I honestly think at seven, I was watching the game with a couple of friends and 70th minute, it was, he was dead. He was just tired. Like, you could just see it. He, his pass was off, his running, he couldn't take on players. He was physically exhausted. And I don't know how, you know, this Champions League format will affect players' fitness, the fact that you play so many games in a row, et cetera, et cetera. But everybody's in the same boat. It's not just him. But he was exhausted. And I have to say, the last round, who did they beat? They beat... Um, Leipzig. Leipzig, and before that, it was... Atalanta. I think watching PSG in both those games without Mbappe as well, Neymar did take on a lot of the brunt of the work in attack. Pretty much he was on his own doing everything. So I just think by the 70th minute, he was exhausted and it showed. And Yeah, um, so, sorry, go ahead, Alex. Oh, I just want to say, to, to jump in there and say, you're right, he did look exhausted. And Tuchel brought on Draxler, Kazawa, yeah. Uh, there was Boating. one other weird substitution. I can't Boating. Boating. Uh, Chuba Moting, sorry. Who, like, fair enough. He scores random goals sometimes. He's, you know, he scored the goal that got them here. But Mauro Cardi is your 60 million euro striker that you've just signed permanently, who is uh, the proverbial fox in the box, a goal machine, and he was stuck on the bench. And like I'm, I generally have more time for Thomas Tuchel than, than well, at least some of you guys. I know that, but. I, I did not understand that, and it was it was a very strange decision, especially when you have your your front three are misfiring, no one's taking their chances, and you have this guy who is an ice cold finisher. Um, Roger, what did you make of that, if anything? Yeah, it was exactly an interesting point you bring up, but um, you know, honestly, I think that you know, going into the final, PSG's best players in attack were Neymar, Mbappe, and Di Maria. You could see this in the game against Atalanta, where ne Mbappe was on the bench. And they couldn't find a way in, even though they controlled the game. But once you brought Mbappe on, they completely changed the game. They got their two goals at the end. Um, Di Maria, obviously, was also injured that day. And he was, you know, instrumental against Leipzig as well. I think he had a goal and two assists in that game, actually. So if he was going to bring on Icardi, I think he would have had to take one of those players off. And it would have been questionable to take any of them off. And, you know, I think... You know, on the on the flip side, I think it's a testament to how well Bayern played in defense. I think that um, I think everyone we were talking on our group thread and everyone commented about how they were absolutely lethal in their defensive work. I think you see, you know, Thomas Muller running back, Lewandowski running back, and dispossessing uh, you know Neymar when Neymar drops back to pick it up in midfield. 
um, you know, there really was no time for them to to settle and, and play a possession game. And, you know, even when they did press Bayern, Bayern were able to cut through them. So, you know, as much as we say, you know, where did where did these players fail? Where did Neymar fail? He was kicked off the ball. No, I think, you know, Bayern really worked hard. They worked harder than PSG in this game. Even though PSG set themselves up to play on the counter, I think that, you know, once, you know, when Bayern went up 1-0, the game of, the tempo of the game was already so set that it was hard for PSG to then all of a sudden change their game plan. And then, you know, Bayern were never going to really be on the rocks, um, you know, uh, uh, with wave after wave of PSG attack. I don't think that was ever going to happen in this game. So, you know, the first goal killed it off. And it was it was just the way it was. Yeah, I mean, it, ultimately it did kill it off, although it's not as if PSG didn't have those chances. But, um, okay, if we're going to talk about the Bayern work ethic, a uh, few players encapsulate that more than the Canadian... Alfonso Davies. Mohamed, a big moment for your adopted country. It sounds like you're turning into the zone here. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, no, it was it was unreal, man. Like, just the, the story and the fact that, again, when you think about, you know, we, we saw him live, I think, right right when the news was breaking that he was going to Bayern Munich, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was, I remember it was Alex there or Shib, but we watched him for Canada, didn't we? And he came on and he was on our side of the field at, at BMO Field here in Toronto. Playing um, left back, yeah. Yeah, he was playing left back. And I think the news had just broken or the rumors were out. It was something about that. And we're like, you know what, let's let's focus on this kid. Let's see, you know, how good he is. And he stood out from left back, man. And like, he was the best attacker. He was the best defender on the field. And obviously the competition was... I can't remember who they were playing. It was low, obviously. Jamaica, I think, was it? Yeah, yeah, that's true. So, you know, it wasn't enough to kind of make a decision. But then when he went to Bayern, we know how Bayern buy these young players. And it's like, yeah, some of them will make it. Some of them will be good for the future to sell, et cetera, et cetera. In my mind, Alfonso Davis is always going to be one of those where, you know, a little bit of hype, they create some traction and they sell them for some good money. Then the injury to Boateng happened. Alaba, I believe, went, goes into center back. I think the injury to, to, Shul, to Sula, which brought Boateng and, and Alaba together, and then Davies to the left back. And Lucas Hernandez got injured as well. Right, right, mm-hmm. right. And then that put Al, uh, that put um, Alaba in centre back, and he played fantastically all season, including these semi finals and finals. He was actually phenomenal. And then that puts Davies at left back, and it was like, okay, well, let's see. And then he comes on and he demolishes Chelsea. He plays really well for for, for you know the rest of his games. He really takes his chances and. Again, the one thing I like about Davies is not this pace, not this speed, not that rapidness. That's all great, and that's brilliant, like kind of cherry on top. But to play in such a tough position at left back, defensively and tactically, he's always in the right place at the right time. He tucks in and marks the center strike when he needs to when a cross is coming in. You know that that, that tough kind of like decision, do I leave the guy at the back post, do I tuck in with the center back? with a center striker and, and kind of help the center back. He always seems to make the right decision. And for 18, and with pretty much no experience whatsoever, anywhere near this level, he's so calm. That header he gave back to Neuer, the back passes he makes, his making is just so much more than the sum of his parts. Like his experience, you know what I mean? And that's really what was so impressive about him. And, you know, we saw what he did in the semifinal, and this game was no different. After he got that yellow card, you know, it was like, uh-oh, 18-year-old, Yellow card in the 30-something minute. You know, Di Maria's coming down your side all game. What's going to happen? And he was so composed. It's really, really encouraging. Yeah, very impressive kid. Uh, Enjoyed his performance. Um, it was interesting because 
Uh, Hansi Flick has been, everyone, a lot of people, we, we joke and say Flick Flick anything, but the, the German reports have talked about him as a very, as like he's just not an asshole and he just lets them play. That's what, that's how they characterized him. But he did a very interesting tactical thing, which was like we talked about not playing Perisic uh, and playing Coleman. But by, by doing that, he, he actually made sure that Alfonso Davies played a lot deeper. You know what I mean? So yep. Alfonso, Alfonso Davies did not do any uh, overlapping runs uh, or anything like that. It was Coleman and Kerr. And apparently Coleman had killed Kerr so many times when Kerr was at Schalke. So it was an easy decision. Let him go one-on-one and just ruin the guy. You don't need Alfonso going ac- over. So for him to be able to play that more rigid defensive position and play as well as he did in that game was testament to Flick, but also testament to Alfonso Davies, as you said, in this game. And it's and and it, it worked out in the end, right? Like you say, Coleman scores a goal. Manager did his thing. Props to him. Whereas Tuchel really did a bit of a nothing. Like he really just said, it's Mbappe and Di Maria and Neymar, and you guys go win me the game." Like it was a bit disappointing from him. Yeah. Um, just uh, just on that Alfonso Davis point with the Coleman on the left, and so Alfonso sits deeper. That might be what he has to do for quite a while now, because let's remember they just signed Leroy Sané. Sané is going to play on the left. And he's an out-and-out winger, man. Like, he, yeah, he can cut inside. He's the, the, the channel between the, the centre-back and the full-back. But generally, he goes around the outside, and that is going to limit Alfonso, Alfonso Davies doing that, that overlapping thing. So we may see more of that from him. Yeah. yeah. Um, I want to say, Roche, just to kind of get you in here, the midfield, I think, in this game was very interesting. I think the two players that really stood out, I think Thiago um, Alcantara was unreal this game. I mean, he started that attack for the goal, but again, in front of him, his counterpart, I think Marquinhos had a phenomenal game for PSG. He was just everywhere, man. Like, you're like, is he playing centre-back? Is he playing centre-defensive mid? Is he up top getting a chance in the 70th minute to, you know, draw the game? I think those two deserve some focus. They were phenomenal this game. So, sorry, ju- just to add, sir, before Shea chimes in, Ander Herrera also had a good game. And yeah, I expected true. him to have a terrible game. I was not expecting that. He had a Brilliant, brilliant. Well, game. he sat, he he sat your guy. boy. He sat your boy in the bench, you know. Which boy? Verratti. Oh, that's that's Roche's boy. Roche, please respond. <laughs> respond to this accusation. Really? No, no, that was so 2017. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I fully agree with Manet. I think PSG's midfield coming into the final, especially when they were dominating games with possession and chances, I think Marquinhos stood on his head. Um, he was everywhere. Um, and very impressive. I think that his profile in this Champions League tournament has now increased significantly. Before before this, uh, you know, these couple of three three four games, I think you see you know Marquinhos in a PSG lineup, and he's just like any other mercenary name um, in the club. But now I think he's actually a quality player moving forward. Um, and Herrera, he actually had he could have had two assists this game, one for Di Maria and then one for Mbappe, uh, and he had that one shot that was I think deflected out for a corner. So. Yeah, for, you know, I've criticized Ander Herrera a lot. I've said, you know what, he, he left United to go and sit on the PSG bench, but here he is playing in the Champions League final, and it could have been so different had um, PSG's attackers, you know... That pass, that pass to Di Maria got me off my seat. It's one of those where he tricked me watching, you know. Yeah. I was like, okay, what's he going to do? I think the attack kind of petered out. I was like, oh, bad decisions all around. The counterattack is dead. And then Di Maria just does that slight pass with his left to Di Maria, and I was like, whoa! I was like... 100. Yeah. Please yeah. tell me that it reminded you of a, another pass. See, at the time it did. I can't remember which one, but at the time it did. I think I think it was like an Ozil esque. Oh, oh yeah. For okay. me, it was the Sesk, the Sesk into Adebayor. 
a little reverse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Against was it Spurs? I think it was Spurs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, true. But I was like, I, I was off my seat. I was like, I did not see that, <laughs> that chance opening up, and all of a sudden, Di Maria has a one and one. Yeah, you, you can be yeah. off your seat, but also be on his seat the whole season. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know who was who else was off his seat was uh, Thiago Alcantara because man, I mean, you know, we're talking about players like you know uh, Marquinhos and Ander Herrera on the P- on the PSG side who have been dominating control of the games and a lot going into the final, and then now you see Thiago Alcantara being completely untouchable in the final, and Bayern absolutely comfortable in possession. They know they're going to dominate midfield. It's because of Thiago. Uh, you know, and we're seeing, you know, very, very nice passing combinations by Bayern throughout the 90 minutes where, you know, they're keeping the ball rolling. Alcantara gets the ball. He does this, you know, he just turns, swivels. He, he does a little shoulder shake. Press resistant. He, just press he, resistant. he touches the ball beautifully. He, he touches the ball. And he's already facing where he wants to go. And then he shimmies the other way. I don't know. It's just poetry in motion. Honestly, I think that you know, we should get down together on a Zoom meeting after this and watch the individual player highlights of Thiago Alcantara repeatedly. Brilliant. We can safely say that he is who Ross Barkley thinks he is. <laughs> <laughs> but he's, I mean, at 30 million, they should, there should be like an absolute war over this player. Like, I, I need to hear way more rumors. Like, this whole, like, what, just Liverpool? and put that, Like, I need to hear, like, every single club in the world going, yeah, 30 million, we want this player. Like, he's unreal. And ever since he was at Barca, I don't know if you guys remember me saying, like, he was phenomenal Barcelona yep. I love them at Barcelona and I think you know he's he's the profile that every club needs that controller in the midfield can you I also say for... like Liverpool sorry Bernie okay go ahead I just he's been injured half of his life right that's the only mark against Thiago mm-hmm. don't go to another pressing team you'll have to do all this running and shit again you'll just get more injured. just go to a team that just like chills a bit you know <laughs> Juventus, Juventus or Inter Milan or something because yeah, you know, he's Ross. 29 years old he's got at least 6 years left just do a Ramsey-Thiago also- swap the, they'll figure out the way somewhere <laughs> along the line. Also, I think, again, we can talk about this game forever, but Muller, I think, had an unbelievable game too. And it's another one of those performances where like, he can't pinpoint exactly what he does, but he did it. Whatever it is, he did it. You know what I mean? I, I think you're right. Although I, I do sometimes think if he were English, would we just accuse him of pointing and shouting a lot? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> you know, because England doesn't know how to it, do anything. It, but yes. it comes with the passport, pointy-shouty. Like, it's right yeah. there. It's there. <laughs> Um, Thiago, I think everything to understand, uh, sorry, uh, Thomas Muller, everything that kind of encapsulated him, if you look at the first goal that he scored against Barcelona, actually, in the quarterfinals, I think it was, uh, where the ball comes, it's like an aerial ball, and, you know, with one touch, he plays a one-two with Lewandowski, just taking it out of the air. And so just his control with his first touch, and, you know, that kind of encapsulates how well Bayern are with, you know, rotating the position. It's just too bad that... It's just too bad that he has no friends. He looks like he's the most annoying person on the planet. Lewandowski. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that. He, he looks like even his teammates don't like him. Like his family doesn't like him. Like he's just. Yeah. Get it? Lewandowski. Bayern's club, like they really like like their players. They're such like a family culture. People don't leave Bayern when they're there. Like yeah. I don't know what yeah. it is about. Well, Maybe. Coutinho. Coutinho looks like he's gonna stay. Where? Well, he's staying at Barcelona. Oh he yeah, looks, sorry, he's staying at Barcelona, but, 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 but he's. Th- Pay him. They still have to pay him five million. Yeah, that's true. We'll, we'll get to it in transfers. Um, but b- before that, there was another final. I almost don't remember it anymore. But Europa League final. It was a great final. This one was it, better. <laughs> it was an absolute cracker. Sevilla beating Inter Milan three two with a bicycle kick in the last ten minutes. Stunning stuff. Um, Roche, uh, you thought Inter were, were going to do them. 
but yeah. um, but Sevilla were, were robust. I would suggest absolutely. I think this was a this was a complete. Uh, you know, I think both teams smelled blood going into this final. They both knew that they had an opportunity to win this game, and that's what made it such a firecracker of a game. Um, Inter started hot. I think they started a little bit hotter than, than Sevilla, and they got their goal early on with Lukaku. You know, he took on his man, and he won the penalty straight away. And um, I think that that kind of brought Sevilla together. And at that point, Sevilla just, you know, wave after wave of attack happened, and they got their goal, Luke de Jong with the header. And, um, yeah, Sevilla's playing style, absolute, like, brotherhood on the field, dying and desperate for each other. Honestly, I thought I was looking at that painting by Picasso, uh, uh, the... Guernica or whatever. The one about the Spanish Civil War. Yeah, 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 that yeah. One. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because they were just, you know, they were they were gonna die for their club that night, and and towards the end of the game, you could see the Inter Milan were beaten, um, or were at least like willing to go to extra time. But then when Sevilla got the goal, like you know, Lukaku unfortunately put it in his own net. Um, you know, there was nothing from Inter. There was no fight from them towards the end. Conte knew he was beaten, and so did Inter. Can it's I true. can I say that Sevilla are fun in the sense that. They're beautiful nonsense, if you, if you really look at it. They really are. Diego Carlos, that center, that's his name, right? Diego Carlos, mm-hmm. the center back. Yes. He gave a penalty away at Wolves, a penalty away at United, and now a penalty in the final. Oh, my goodness. Like, I don't know how he's getting paid, this guy. But, because but it's, it's unbelievable. How do you give away three penalties in a row, back to back to back? And you know what games. managers, but you know what managers always say? They like to know exactly what they're gonna get from a player. With him, you do. <laughs> it's like Lopetegui's like, okay, so you're gonna give away a penalty, but these are our <laughs> tactics to overcome this setback that you're obviously going to provide. Like it's it's it's, it's unbelievable. And then obviously his bicycle kick is the one that Lukaku put in, so he redeemed himself, and he was also playing on one leg because the guy was injured as hell and couldn't even run. He he had to meet the most box office performance of any player in a final I've ever seen. It was hilarious. Well, not to mention, like, Luke de Jong is shit. <laughs> and he's now got three goals in the semifinal and final. Like, what is going All on? Headers. All headers. <laughs> All headers. It's like what it said. Cross a ball. Let's give that to them. Yeah, This is a great opportunity to bash the EPL, you know, to talk about how they can cross the ball. No, you can't cross the ball. Sevilla can cross the ball better, and so can Bayern. I have to, unfortunately, give props to Unai Emery. We all (laughs) when he said, I want to sign Benega for Arsenal. We laughed and we laughed and we laughed. Now I look at it, I'm like, damn, this guy would have improved us tenfold. The guy, semi-final, the final, he was, and this is on his last legs. He's like moving to Qatar now. Like, he's done. This is Benega. Not two seasons ago when everyone wanted him. This is now on his last legs when, like, he would have, by far, just, like, improved us immensely. So, you know what? Props were his due. That would have been a fantastic but, but could he have done it at Arsenal? Because I feel like Sevilla is just, you know, the sure. mentality of the club is set up to, you know, play like this. Oh, well, sure. No, of course. But I, Arsenal but, were in the Europa League final a year ago and completely bottled it. Semi. Like, no. Final, man. Final? Semi. Oh, yeah, you got beat by oh, that one. I was thinking of the Atletico semi. Okay. Uh, okay. No, that was horrible, too. Arsenal are in a lot of finals. You just forget which ones. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Um, but, Bernie, it was also a tale of two managers. You've got Lopetegui, who's a bit of a figure of fun, or like at least was, because, you know, he was managing the Spanish national team. He was doing a really good job. It was like a week before the World Cup. 
and he threw it all away to take over Real Madrid when everyone and their mother knew that he would be sacked in 12 minutes. And then he was. <laughs> and so uh, is this a renaissance for him or is he just getting lucky because Sevilla always win the Europa League anyway? Um, I think there's, you know, death taxes and Sevilla wins the Europa League. I think there's that. But also, yes, I'm very happy for, for Lopetegui. I think, you know, he's he's done a good job and he would have been a good manager at, at, at a high level. He just, things didn't work out for him for bad luck and whatever. So I'm happy for him. On the flip side, I'm very happy that Conte didn't win this. Mm-hmm. So happy. Like, there's something great about Conte that I like. Like, but there's something incredibly jose about him that i hate and i can't separate it so i must hate it and i really enjoyed ever Benega making fun of his hair like <laughs> i i would assign ever Benega for that insult alone <laughs> like it was so brilliant and honestly for a manager to lose his head pun intended actually like <laughs> like that was unbelievable because from that moment on conte could not coach the team like yep. he could not do it yep. it was it was disgusting <laughs> I uh, I feel bad for Lukaku. I wanted Lukaku to win. Like for me, the, the both these finals were like because I I have no stake in any of these teams, right? I just thought Lukaku for Inter and Neymar for PSG. But Lukaku for me would have been would have been a nice touch after everything he's gone through, all the abuse he gets. The guy equaled from you record for Inter from you. Sure. I'm gonna. I don't know <laughs> our, viewers, our viewers can't really see my best Lukaku impression here, but here here it is for the cash. Oh, uh, he's, <laughs> uh, he's protesting and not getting the pass. No, it, it's yeah. fu- what Mohamed is saying is really funny because, like, Mohamed battered Lukaku. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It was disgusting. And then, bro, like, he goes bro. to Inter Milan and he's like, yo, this Lukaku scoring goals, mate. Yo, Lukaku's so good. Two. And then, hold on. And then, listen, I didn't even hate Lukaku. I hated him because of you. <laughs> Two things. One, when he plays for United, it's a whole different story. Obviously. Two, Twitter peer pressure, bro. People, <laughs> were, people were putting Timberlands on him and like, just, just, what do you want I me was, to do? I was blasting Lukaku and, um, you know, I think it was a semifinal. And every time I blasted him, he scored a goal. Yep. Oh, yeah. my God. He scores goals, man. He broke Ronaldo. Like, he equaled or broke Ronaldo's record for Inter Milan or whatever it was. Like, for first season. Something ridiculous. Like, the guy can score 30-plus goals this season. Like, yeah. he is a player. It's just he's not easy on the eye. It, it's, <laughs> he's not easy on the eye. But it's also he, his mental strength is, is, is zero. Like, uh, my dude had the chance to win the game. Blew it. Absolutely blew it. I don't care who you are. <laughs> like, if you want to be that guy, you know, Welbs, Want to be that guy? <laughs> you score that goal. <laughs> like I'm sorry, you just do it. I don't care. You just do it. Yeah, and, and then the best thing—the best thing was when Conte brought on the three Premier League players. He brought on Moses, yes. Ericsson, and who else? Sanchez, uh, Alexis. Yes. Alexis. Yes. Yeah. Oh, so happy. Didn't Alexis do anything. Didn't do anything. He didn't do shit. So I, I think, Bernie, like to to touch on what you hate about Conte. For me, it's the fact that he never shuts up. He never stops complaining. Like. Inter signed about 10 players in the last year and all he does is complain about needing new players. Like, relax, bro. Like, how many do you want? You already have a new first 11 of, Eng- <laughs> of English play. players. I get it. Like, apparently players, sure, fine. But, like, so what apparently, is wrong with you? Apparently him and Tuchel are both in talks to, to kind of see whether they actually continue with their respective clubs. I think Conte is probably closer to the door than Tuchel is, but 
Um, they're saying what Allegri for both actually clubs. They're 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 looking at Allegri for. I mean, people obviously just put one and one together and go, oh, Allegri's available. I'm gonna you know make him uh, link him with both positions. But I think one of the funniest moments from this weekend was when the owner of PSG was hugging all their players as they were getting their second place medal. I just couldn't stop thinking about like this guy's paying all of these players tens of millions of dollars a year. Like it just felt like a weird relationship where he's like hugging them, but also like, well, yeah, you guys are costing me like payroll of like a <laughs> billion dollars. No, no one forced him to buy them. <laughs> it's it not under duress. It I know just felt weird. Yeah. I know what you mean though. He's like, uh, I've bribed so many people to get you to this point. Good and he was standing up. he was standing right next to the uh the UEFA dude that he has a lot of issues with. Yeah. Also tense. Dude rolled up to Barcelona with a duffel bag full of money. <laughs> brought Neymar and, and he probably looked at Neymar in just pure disgust. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you notice also how, at, sorry, going back to the Champions League final, but like social distancing throughout the game, people on the bench are in masks, whatever. And then at the end, all those old kits that are handing out the medals are all up on the podium standing right next to each other. No I one's thought got the exact same thing. Those guys aren't tested every few days. Like, and they're all high risk. Yeah. <laughs> Did you not see the owner of PSG hugging and consoling Neymar in particular? Sure. Yeah. And, you know, I was just thinking at that moment, I was like, that man spent $222 million for Neymar and he's giving him a hug now when he's losing. All yeah. I could think of was if that was me, I would have, I would have punched Neymar. I would have probably choked <laughs> him at that moment. Give him the money what back. You have to, what you have to remember is by the time the hug is over, he's already made $222 million again. So like, Good point. Good point. True. He doesn't true. care. True. Good, point. Good point. Anyway, anything else on the Europa League final? Uh, uh, I think we covered that extensively. Yeah, a lot of <laughs> headers. A lot of headers were scored. <laughs> this is true. There's a stat for you. Um, transfers. My yeah. favorite thing and yours. Let's get into it. Uh, Mohamed, why are Arsenal selling Ainsley Maitland and Niles? What oh, is that's where we're, that's I was going to say, <laughs> you sign Willian, you're getting this Gabriel, so, Gabriel fella. Saliba. Saliba's coming in, and Gunduzi is about to leave. And Alex wants to talk about who? <laughs> Those are all old stories. We've talked about them before. Ainsley Maitland Niles to Wolves on a four-year deal. What's going on, man? So yeah, I, I, I'm actually quite upset. I've done I've done such a flip. I, like I've always flip-flopped over Ainsley Maitland Niles. At the beginning, I hated him. I'm like, this guy's not good enough. And that's because he played center mid and winger, and he was not good enough. I was like, this you just don't have it to play there. Then he played a, at uh, right back, and I thought, you know what? You're better than Bellard. <laughs> like you just flip-flopped so much. And now I really want him to be first choice right back. I think the end of the season, he was unbelievable. Like, he was just, it seems so easy to him, man. Physically, he's top notch and he's very good on the ball. And I think he's only going to get better from here. He's going to be like Serge Nabry when in four seasons he's playing like Barcelona, winning the Champions League, and people are going to be like, oh my God, you let him go for 20 million. <laughs> no, no, Barca, hopefully, if things are done properly, are not going to win the Champions League for another 20 years. Yeah, it's also possible. That's Fingers also crossed. Possible. Ronald Koeman's in charge. Anything is possible. Um, yeah. Maitland Niles. So, from what I understand, and this could be just what, you know, we only know what gets leaked, but it sounded like halfway through last season, Maitland Niles said, I don't want to play right back anymore. I'm done with this. I want to go somewhere and be a first team player. So, Arsenal went, okay, they got Cedric Suarez in to cover Bellerin. And then, like, Cedric Suarez, they signed him when and he was injured already. And Bellerin's injured half of his life. So Maitland-Niles played a bunch of games again and was brilliant, as you say. Um, but like it seems as though it's too late. And he'd already decided to move. Sounds and so right. Here we are. Sounds so, 
you know, it's it's a bit of a shambles, but you, you could argue that had the club decided his position and given him more games there, and, and there, had there been a deliberate process for his development, we may not yeah. have reached this point. Yeah, but, but the, problem, the problem with Arsenal is that we don't have any more staff. So <laughs> yeah. There's not a lot of people to be doing that stuff. There's right. pretty much like Arteta and then like a fitness coach. And We've even coach. sacked Pat Rice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Lundberg left. <laughs> but we did. Lundberg chose to leave. That was different. Yeah, Lundberg. yeah but I think he was pushed out too. Maybe. Fuss. Uh, Fuss, yeah. He was definitely. Uh, but Gabriel, I mean, are you tracking flights and, and black Mercedes vans? Because I am. Uh, that, is, that is Bernie behavior. That's not, that's, not, that's, not, that's not my thing. Yeah. Excuse you. <laughs> <laughs> no. I, okay. We, we've talked privately about this Gabriel transfer, and I don't know whether we discussed it on the pod, but uh, so I will put forth my theory and you can all jump in. I think it's fairly likely that this guy is a fraud, and I will explain to you why. 30 million, give or take, is a really reasonable price if he's A, 22, as everyone says he is, could be faking, <laughs> and, and B, very good, as people seem to have decided he is. Like, Every team, almost every team that we know, needs a top-quality centre-back. And he's 22, and he's very good. And Arsenal are getting him? What's, there's something wrong with the picture. Yeah, but we, 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 we've been good at this. We went in like at the very beginning. It seems like we were there from the start. Arteta and Edu just seem to be... like you know they. I don't know, man. They, they seem to provide really good Kool-Aid that people like to drink. So, like, no, no, no. Mono, you're getting it, it seems- wrong, man. What you guys do is you, you go to Naples... And you, you you have your little telescope from the hotel room, and you're looking in at the office, and you're like, who are they trying? Okay, Pepe Gabriel, let's steal a march on that shit. <laughs> I think I think I think the big thing is that he's left-footed. I think he's very good at bringing up the ball, and that's pretty much what Arteta looks for a center back more than defending. He's like, you know what? Is he left-footed? Yeah, he is. He is. Okay. So he'll play left-footed. Saliba will play right-footed. They both can bring up the ball. They're both six-four. You know what? It sounds like a recipe. For a masterclass. Sure. It also leaves Arsenal with about 15 central defenders. So we need yeah, to... but Socrates is going to Napoli. So basically, another thing to tell you about Gabriel is that the second choice after him is Socrates. That's not... <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've even seen Mustafi linked as well with Napoli. So, you know, maybe we'll so be buying on not, a different... not, not only do we steal their, their transfer targets, but we also give them our father. This is bad. Unbelievable. If I'm Napoli, honestly, at this point, I'd be like, I don't even want the 70 million of Koulibaly if it's, <laughs> it's freaking Socrates or Mustafi are my options. Honestly, throw me in the river at that point. It's like, oh, what are you doing? Man. All right, uh, let's move on to Chelsea. Kai Havertz, it's getting done. Um, ben Chilwell, it's getting done. And Thiago Silva, it's getting done. How impressed are we, Roche? I think Ben Chilwell is very good, yeah. Um, I like it. Uh, as this also like a very very small window, so you know season starts around the corner. Honestly, like we already got to think about our fantasy teams. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm 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 impressed because you know as a United fan, I would love to see more decisiveness in transfers. Focus just on like Chelsea transfers, <laughs> you know. Right, fine. So uh, so yeah. we're saying it's all about quantity, good. not quality. Chelsea, like Chelsea's yes, very good. they, they signed Werner. eight players. I love it. <laughs> Yeah, a a super decisive. I mean, come on. Like, you got to give it to them. Sure. To be fair, it's decisive. But, like, yes, there are varying degrees of quality. But there's there's logic behind all of them, right? There's, like, Kai Havertz is supposed to be this young, you know, generational talent, whatever you want to call it. 
uh, Ziak Werner, no-brainers, good players. Then you have Thiago Silva. And Dennis, who's a Chelsea fan that, that um, I've been on his podcast, he said that what they need is a leader, someone who mm-hmm. can, you know, coordinate the defense, if, if step you will. In, step in in the Luis shoes, you know? Wow. <laughs> sure. And I never thought Thiago Silva was it, but that's what he is. So they know they need a commanding presence. To rumors rumors, rumors, are, rumors, are that people inside PSG, including Tuchel, want to give him another extension of this contract, mainly for that. He just seems to bring the whole team together. And they don't want but, but can he do it from the bench? Because do you really want him playing in the Premier League? I like... Not to be... Can he, can he, can, can he do it through Zoom? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he's starting. That's what's going to happen. Like, that's, that's, he's literally yeah, he's starting. Happen. Well, this him is and my Zuma? concern. Rudiger. Yeah. It would be him and Rudiger. Zuma, like, Zuma. No, but I, I think so Rudiger, Rudiger is fast. He's, he's the senior centre-back there. Like, oh, that's horrible. Also, I think he's the quickest. So, you know, if you're going to play Thiago Silva... You need someone there who can run. But but overall, Roche is right. Bernie's right. Chelsea did make some very good signings. When you take all into account, Werner, Ziyech, Havertz, a Kovacic like last kind of from loan to a, a signing last season or last whatever it was when they had the ban. Like I think overall, it's all it's all coming together. And if if it's true, it's true well. And then you know what? That's that's not bad. Yeah. Do they have still have holes in their team? Sure. But are they like six fantastic players? Yeah. So I just okay. want to add on, on Chelsea really quick, Alex, sorry. Yeah. As you said, decisiveness is the word Roche used, and it's very, very clear. They get they identify their gaps, they get the players. Before they sold Hazard, they had signed his replacement, or who they sure. wanted to be his replacement in January. Sure. This club knows what it's doing. Honestly, props to them. Props you, you know Marina Granitskaya is like half Canadian? Really? We'll take it. Yeah, we should get her to, I don't know. Min- S- we S- needed S- a new S- minister of finance recently. She could have taken that role. Anyway, um, the one thing I want, I want to add on this Chelsea thing is this changes the dynamic for Lampard, right? Because Lampard came in, they had a transfer ban. He had to use all the youth players. It's like, oh, you know, he's, he's down on his luck. He's got to deal with this. He's got to play the kids. And so there's a degree of slack that he gets for that. Now, nothing. He has to, he has to get Champions League. He probably has More to win something. More ammo for the haters. <laughs> like, he has to he, be if, if he doesn't do well with this squad now, He's done, right? Sir, Sir Frank Lampard. I mean, he's already been labeled by the English press. They've already got... Queen Elizabeth has already booked him for a Zoom appointment to knight him. Uh, he's already going to win the Champions League next season, according to the Sun. What else? Uh, which the thing one, is, where in the Sun? Page three of the Sun? Uh, <laughs> Isn't it page, page six or no? Oh, no, I think they got, three. It used to no, be three. three. I three, think they three, ended it. Three oh. games into the season, you know? He's going to be the winner. There was Best a... English there manager. was a... A 2002 World Cup edition of that. I'm just, I'm just gonna leave that there. My uh, God. Yeah. It was Ronaldinho. Wow. He's control, been, he's been released from prison, by the way. Shift N. There we go. Uh huh. <laughs> right. Um. What else? Could, oh, oh. Let's talk about Barcelona. Let's talk about Barcelona. Let's get oh, into please. it. Ronald Koeman is the man in charge. And basically what they've hired him to do, this is very smart, right? They know he's not going to be there for long. So what they've hired him to do is be the fall guy for the revolution that they need. They've got him in a matter of a week to call all the shit players that they don't want anymore and tell them they're sacked. Very clever. <laughs> yeah, and then and then they sacked him, right? <laughs> They'll sack him once they all go. <laughs> yeah. Oh, who did he, sorry, who did he say? So he's called Suarez, Rakitic, Vidal, Umtiti, 
uh, and told them all to find a new club. And like, oh. th- these players already knew that, right? But I guess maybe before the manager hadn't said it directly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, also, I thought what you said was because it was very similar. They got Abidal to fire Setien, and then. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, they're like, can you fire Setien over lunch, and then we'll fire you over dinner. <laughs> <laughs> this club is unreal. Like five years of phenomenal work by Barcelona, but honestly, somehow I have a little bit of trust in Coman. If he brings back Coutinho, plays him there with Frankie, which he said himself is going to be much deeper, like he plays for him in, in Holland, and that's his role. And then he gets some sort of a midfield destroyer, slash box to box. And I suggested Partey is available for 50 million, makes absolute sense. You play Partey, Frankie, Coutinho, then Bele, if he can bring him back at the form, Griezmann in the center, Messi on the right. You know what? It's starting to come together, man. All you need is a right back, so I don't want Semedo to play football anymore because I just can't take it. Center In that midfield, well. you have a problem, and the problem is Pjanic because Pjanic, oh, Pjanic is coming in, and then you have to... You're going to play him. You, <sighs> like, you're not going to just do okay, the okay, okay. Pjanic Sorry. Sorry. You're going to play Continue left wing, forget Dembele, and Pjanic, Frankie, and someone. Yeah, that's going to happen. There we go. Because Dembele is not going to come back and form. Continue left wing. No, the Dembele is done. Like I think, yeah. I think they would. They're saying we don't want to sell him, but I think if they got any deal for him, they would do it. I, yeah. I'm, I'm not convinced that they know what they're doing. I'm not convinced that anything's going to happen from it. I'm also convinced that Griezmann is pretty much not going to score you 20 goals, 25 goals a season. I don't. Yeah, think he's trash. I don't know about. No, that, he's a he's he... a good player. He's a good player, and obviously, like I did, like, we're talking about, he was an elite player like two years ago. Don't get me wrong. I he just was. have he was a like sneaky... top three. Yeah, I have a, I have a feeling that he's just done. Like before, before, yeah. before so Neymar, it was what, because he spent a year playing like wildly out of position. In a but even 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 in Atleti, he was on the way. Like it was declining. Like he's just I've just noticed a bit of a decline. Of course, he can pick it back up, sure. Mm. But it just doesn't feel like Griezmann is gonna get that back to me. Mm. And fair enough, Griezmann, so, so, um, Griezmann Rice. <laughs> how about, how no do you guys feel about Ronaldo to Barcelona? Cristiano we Ronaldo? We don't yeah. feel anything. We don't think anything. You don't think so? It will never, no. ever, ever. I was seeing this happen. appear on Twitter. Like they were they were posting uh, Ronaldo in a Barcelona shirt, and I said, This is never happening. But you know what? Just because I love to be a shit disturber, I would love to see this happen. I would love it. Roche, let me I tell mean, you how Twitter works. Okay. It, everyone has been photoshopped into another jersey. Every single player. Even Will Smith has been photoshopped in everyone's jersey. <laughs> So, even me, even me. Don't don't even try with anything yeah, that's, on Twitter. Yeah, but I'm interested to see what Barcelona can do next season. And there's obviously the whole Messi rumors, and obviously you know a lot of people saying it's just nothing, and no one can afford this contract, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But it, you know, Messi has been mad for a while. He's been angry for a while. And if his friend Suarez is now on the chopping block, and if he doesn't believe Coleman is the right guy, you know, Messi has a lot of opinions. He might not be vocal with him or at least not with the media but within the club he is and if he doesn't think that this is the right thing to do you know maybe he'll take a pick up to go somewhere else I don't know I'm just saying there is you know there are strong rumors that he's not happy and he doesn't think the club's going the right direction which is true but I wonder if Coleman can can do something to kind of reassure him of, of what their plan is yeah the, maybe. the only thing that makes this like Coleman a success is winning the Champions League that's it like, if they win the league, you go, eh, Real Madrid slipped. You know what I mean? Like, Valverde won the league. No one give a shit. But, like, Barcelona... I don't know who Kike Setien was. Man, I, Valverde got so badly mistreated. He really like, yeah, The yeah, longer yeah. you look at this, the more incredible it is the job that he did. Well, it's like, it's like Arsene Wenger towards the end. Every, everybody, when you look back, looks much better than it is. But at the time, you're just mad. Yeah, especially you. <laughs> but uh, they also mistreated, what's his name? Luis Enrique, who won a triple. Yeah. Like, 
That club yeah. has a horrible record. Of, they're just so fucking arrogant. Like, it's you know what? You know what? I think Pep. I think Pep should have gone back. I think that would have been the perfect circle. And Pep oh. back to Barcelona and just do his thing again there and forget about this whole city thing. That's not going to happen. He's not going to win the league. He's not going to win the Champions League, which means that Aguero is going to be there forever. And he doesn't want to play Aguero. <laughs> <laughs> What it, th- three things happened this year in the Champions League. Three, three amazing things happened, which was Ronaldo not winning the Champions League, which he was brought in to do. Pep not winning the Champions League, which he was brought in to do. And Neymar not winning the Champions League. Just don't bring in players and bringing them in to win the Champions League. How about that? That's true. I'm just sorry. I can't get over the idea that Guardiola has to leave City to stop playing Aguero. <laughs> Aguero said, I'm going nowhere till I win the Champions League with Sims. We die in Manchester. So, you know. Um, anyway. Oh, that's good. All right. We only have a few minutes. Mohamed, I know you need to go. So we're going to end on Moomoo of the Week. Bernie, you can insert the uh, the jingle here if you can find it again. If not, whatever. Let's talk about the great man himself, Ronaldinho, <laughs> who is being let out of Paraguay in prison. I, I thought he was out already. He's being he, let out. Just now. Can I, I? I need to read you the quote. If the if the, if Zoom lets you, <laughs> if Zoom lets me, um, the prosecutor said there is no indication that he has any personal characteristics or criminal behavior that would put society at risk. Like, so what have you wow. been doing for the yeah, last? Yeah, what, what was he there for? He was just playing. I, you know what? They pay him to play football with the other inmates in this the inmates' league. Longest, it's the longest yard, but for soccer. <laughs> yes. And not in English, it's in Spanish. He played against the Paraguayan guards and they beat him. That's what happened. It's that movie, The Great Escape, or what's that movie with Stallone and like Bobby yeah, Charlton yeah. or Pele or something? <laughs> it's the weirdest oh, cast of all time. Oh, man. Great Good great stuff. way to great, end the pod. Great week of football, for sure. Yeah. Unbelievable okay. stuff. Thank you for downloading the Koshcast. Get in touch at underthekoshblog at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at under underscore the kosh. And for articles, predictions, and the full experience, go to underthekoshblog.com. Mm-hmm.